0: I do wonder how your week has been. How's last week been? You know, don't you, isn't it true sometimes you have really good weeks? Some weeks are in between, and some weeks are not so good. Uh, so I do wonder what your week was like. Uh, my week was one of those not so good. <laughs> it happens to all of us, just some real disappointments. But that's okay, because my conversation with God just keeps me above it all. And I can keep moving. And I want to talk a bit about that uh, with you today. So, can we just pray? Let you close your eyes. Why don't you pray as well as I pray? And why don't you ask God to, you know, speak something into your heart this morning? You know, you've come with a need, you've come looking for some answers, you're coming looking for a breakthrough. Why don't you ask for it as we pray? Holy Spirit, we just welcome your presence with us here this morning. We're so conscious that the kingdom of God is not just words, but it's power. And you've come to meet with us in a profound way. I pray that every person in-house and online before the end of this service, Lord, will have met with you in some way that makes them to know once again how real you are, how personal you are, and how interested you are in them as an individual. That, Lord, they're not just a number. They're not just one of a crowd, but Lord, they're one for whom you personally went to the cross and gave your life. And Lord, we know that in that, you're willing to do whatever we need in our lives to meet with us and to help us in our life's journey. So Holy Spirit, speak to us, anoint your word, anoint your servant, and Lord, just let us all be impacted by your Holy Spirit this morning, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I tell you, to kick off, the best testimony I have ever heard. Who'd like to hear that? Yeah. <clears> the <throat> best testimony I've ever heard, and I'll explain why in just a moment, was came from a life group. And a person in their life group was shocked, amazed at something I said in a service. And they couldn't get it out of their mind. This is what I said. I said, if you can only get to one service a week, come to the prayer meeting because that's the most important meeting of all. This person was stunned that I would say a prayer meeting was more important than a Sunday service. Then I went and said, you know, the Bible says my house shall be called a house of fellowship. No. House of music, no. House of preaching, no. No. It should be a house of prayer. And he said, I could not get those words and thoughts out of my mind, so I've decided to come to the prayer meeting. So you ask me, why is that the most important testimony you've ever heard? Listen for a moment. Unless there is a significant increase of prayer, not only in our church, in our nation, there really is very little hope For our nation. There's very little hope. For the future of the church. Which has been completely sidelined. Is lukewarm. And pretty much powerless. There's very little hope. That our grandchildren and children. Will have a strong faith. And never wander away from God. There's very little hope. For that our nation. Can once again. Come to a, a godly nation. And under the banner of Jesus Christ. It really does come down to prayer. And I'm on a mission across our church, across our nation. Stirring up prayer wherever I go. Because I know it is the only hope that we have for the future. Of our lives, of the church and of our nation. That's why I said that is the best I don't know even who it came from, the best testimony I have ever heard. So I just want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about prayer and just hopefully just inspire you, encourage you, help you. Um, you know, one of the things I know about prayer is that there's not a person in this room that doesn't want to pray. We all want to pray. Just how do we get to it? <laughs> so maybe what I share will help you a little bit. I heard this amazing story of this preacher's wife. She had this goiter. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And she started having choking spells. One day, the husband is on the stairs to the platform, just worshipping the Lord with his eyes open. And as he's doing that, suddenly, Jesus stands before him, three feet in front of him. It's about that distance. Imagine that. Jesus stands there. And, and Jesus says these words to him. He said, I have come to answer your prayer. Then he said some words that this preacher said he would never, ever forget. He said, I did this, son, just because you asked me. You don't know how I long to do things for my children if they would only ask me and believe me. I did this because you asked me, because you prayed. There's a scripture that we find in um, Isaiah 37, verse 21. Isaiah, son of Amos, said to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Because you have prayed to me against the Necharib king of Israel, And God does a mighty, unbelievable miracle. And the enemy is totally defeated against all the odds. But did you pick up the words there, friends? Because you have prayed. Prayer is far more powerful than we think. And there's so many things that you and I don't pray about. Or we pray once or twice and then we give up praying and then the answer doesn't come through. But we see throughout scripture that God's just looking for people that will pray. James 4 verse 2, you do not have because you do not ask. You just have to keep on asking. This is really a pastoral talk to everybody today. I'm sharing the burden of my heart. I've just been around long enough yeah. mm-hmm. to know where things are at. One of the prophetic words given to me through a leading pastor in Australia who, who shared it, and I heard it through Jay John, who spoke for us a number of years ago. <laughs> and this leading pastor in New Zealand that I have very, very little to do with, you would know him if I mentioned his name, He said, uh, God has given Tark the keys to New Zealand. One of those keys, I guess he's given me an understanding of the keys. And one of the keys is prayer. It it is that key. It is Zaki. There's a great quote by Pete Gregg who says the hinge of history is a bended knee. Think about this. Do you want to know your future history? Do you want to know your future history? Just listen to your prayers. Because what you pray will pretty much be outworked in your life that's your connection with God, that your, you know, that's how you get answers from God, is through prayer. It is my future history. And I know many of the things God's done in my life and continues to do is simply because I pray. Pray much. Pray as much as I possibly can. And uh, that's determining my future history. Lancelot Andrews was a great theologian and preacher. I want to read you this. After he died, they found his notebook and they published it. Just listen carefully. Maybe even close your eyes if you want to. Just hear these words. Because what he did is he first made a list of times of prayer found in the Bible. So times to pray. So here we go. Always. Without ceasing. At all times. Three times a day evening, morning, and noon, seven times a day, a great while before day, at daybreak, the third hour, the sixth hour, at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, the evening, by night, at midnight. Next, he wrote the places of prayer where you can pray in the Bible. He found these in the assembly. In the congregation, your closet, an upper room, a housetop, the temple, on the shore, a garden, on their beds, a desert place, in every place. How do I summarize that, what I've just said to you? Pray without ceasing. We can pray at any time and any time place. You can pray right now. You can pray right now. I can pray right now. Lord, help help me to get this message across in a meaningful way. Lord, anoint me with your Holy Spirit. See, I can pray and preach at the same time. You can do this because it's just really a conversation with God. Just a couple of things about prayer. One thing I want to really stress this morning is that in prayer, every man, woman, must be an original. Prayer cannot be imitated. So you can learn to pray from others, but don't copy. Don't copy someone else's prayer. Be an original. Many of you know, Adrian and I pray very differently. But our prayers are just as powerful. It's not how you pray. It's the heart you pray with. God hears the heart. It can be loud. It can be quiet. But he hears the heart. So this may just help some of you because some of you think, oh, I don't know how to pray. Well, there's actually no formula on how to pray. Praying is just talking to God. Tell the person next to you, you're a really good prayer. Just tell them because they are. We all are. (laughs) We, We all, this is, this is, this is not rocket science. This is basic. You know, if prayer is the most important thing, then, no, then God made it as simple as possible. <laughs> prayer, how many of you know how to talk? Give me a wave if you know how to talk. Yeah. Well, then you know how to pray, because that's all prayer is. Prayer is just talking to God. It's talking to a person. It's talking to someone else. He's waiting for you. He, he wishes you would talk to Him a whole lot more because He's with you all the time. So one of the, one of the greatest keys that I know of And this is probably something we need to really, we know it, but we don't follow through on it, is persistence. is really probably the greatest key to prayer. Listen to the, well, you know, Jacob prayed, didn't he? I'll not let you go until you bless me. Some of you need to grab a hold of that one. So they go, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Uh, Naaman had to dip in the water seven times. Uh, Elijah prayed seven times till he saw the cloud the size of a man's hand. Uh, Daniel had to pray 21 days before the angel Gabriel got through all the opposition. They persisted in prayer, therefore they saw great answers. But listen to the story that I read just a while ago about this woman by the name of Ruby Hamilton. She's a businesswoman, and uh, she was stunned at the death of her husband after 32 years of marriage in a car accident. She had become a Christian in her late 20s, and she had prayed and prayed for her husband uh, for him to be saved, unceasingly prayed. And she had an experience with God, and I know some of you have had these kinds of experiences, and where she felt God said to her, it's going to be okay, he, he will be saved. Then he died. And she was absolutely shattered, brokenhearted, disappointed, and walked away from God. She said, I, God, I, I just can't serve you. I'm I'm done. The story continues that Roger is hitchhiking in a Cadillac, black Cadillac, picks him up. The driver said, my name is Hamilton, the husband. Roger, a Christian, felt the strong compulsion to share Jesus with Hamilton. And he kept putting it off and putting it off, and his compulsion increased. So finally, he shared Jesus with Hamilton. Hamilton pulls over the side the side of the road, And Roger thinks he's going to throw me out the door. But instead, he gives his life to Jesus Christ, weeping on the the steering wheel. Five years later, Roger wants to find Mr. Hamilton. So he looks up Hamilton's Enterprises. He finds the location, walks in and says, can I speak to Mr. Hamilton? And they say, no, you can't, but you can speak to Mrs. Hamilton. So he goes and sees Mrs. Hamilton. And... uh, Starts talking about the fact how he'd had this ride in the Cadillac with her husband. And she said, What day was it that you spoke to my husband? Which, which he shared. Then he told her the story about how he had talked to Mr. Hamilton about Jesus and how he had given his life to, G, to Christ. And Mrs. Hamilton told Roger, My husband died in a car, car, car crash the same day after he let you out of the car. She said, I thought God had not kept his promise, so I stopped living for God. God answers prayer. God is faithful. But we do have to ask and keep on asking. You know, one of the great keys that I'm learning about prayer, is this word faith. It's faith. Two verses that I encourage you to pray. Luke 17, verse 5. Lord, increase our faith, or increase my faith. Why don't you just say that with me? Lord, increase my faith. Now, I want you to make it a prayer. I want to ask you to make this a prayer. I'll tell you why. I pray this prayer all the time, and my faith's just going up. And I'm just thinking, God, is it that easy? He's saying, yes, it is. So I just keep praying it. As I keep praying it, I'm coming, almost getting to the place where I'm starting to think, oh, I know my prayers are going to be answered. Amazing, eh? But I'm no different to you. All I just keep saying, God, increase my faith. God, increase my faith. And Scott's like saying, okay, you have not because you ask not. So come on, I want you to make it a prayer across all our campuses. I want you to make it a prayer right now and just say, just say sincerely, say it out loud, Lord, increase my faith. Let's say it together. Lord, increase my faith. Now just hold out your hands. I want to pray for you across campuses. Lord, I just pray, such as I have, give I unto those under the sound of my voice. I pray right now for a release of faith Amen. into the spirit and emotions and mind of every person that is listening in right now. Lord, I speak faith into their spirit. I prophesy into them. Lord, let there come a a renewed and an increase of faith in their hearts. Lord, whatever they're believing for and praying for, that issue that's confronting them, Lord, just release faith in them right now to receive those answers in Jesus' name, I pray. Well... Here's the other verse that you want to grab a hold of as much as you can. Therefore, I say to you, uh, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. You know, this is, I'm just teaching how I do this. So I pray like I've prayed this morning. And then I say, God, I believe that you've heard what I've prayed and that I have the answer. That's just the way I operate. So I don't pray and then just leave it. I pray, and they say, okay, God, thank you. You've heard me. According to your word, I will get the answer. And you know what's happening? More and more answers. It's, it's just, honestly, folks, it's really simple. Yeah. It is really, really simple. And so, hey, hopefully some of you can really grab, hopefully you can all grab a hold of this thing. Uh, Mueller the great man of faith. Many of you have heard this story, but it's worth repeating because it's such a good one. So he's prayed every day for five of his unsaved friends. And here's persistence for you. Uh, So one was saved after five years. The uh, next two were saved after 10 years. After 35 years of praying every day, the fourth one is saved. Then after 52 years of praying, Mueller dies. But the last, the fifth friend is not saved. But he gets saved at Mueller's funeral. All five Say why, say it with me. God answers prayer. Say it again God answers prayer. But hey, it did take 52 years. (laughs) Just saying, (laughs) prayers just another aspect of prayer. I'm trying to dial this thing right down. Prayers of intimacy. Now, you might think, Oh, gosh, I'm out, (laughs) I can't pray prayers of intimacy. Yes, you can. (laughs) What's a prayer of intimacy? Prayer of intimacy is when you talk to someone else. All right? So, you know, everything in Christianity comes back to our relationship with God and just talking to Him and having conversation with Him. And um, it's easy. The problem I think sometimes happens is we try and build a relationship with God through a preacher or through a church or through a group or through a friend. And sometimes what happens then is if you remove all the props, <laughs> if there's no preacher, uh, no, no friend, there's you know, and then let's take away. There's no lights, and there's no musicians, there's no singers, uh, there's no sound system, there's no smoke machine. All the props are gone. Then there's you and God. Some for some people, not you, but for some people, there's no connection left because they depended on all the props. To have any real connection with God? You know, years ago, <laughs> before most of your time, there was there was no lights, there was no sound system, there was barely any music, and and certainly no flashing lights or LED screens. But those people could pray all night. Why? They had a relationship with the person. How many of you, when you <laughs> you know say you're going to catch up with your friend? How many of you, when you catch up with your friend to have a bit of a chat? have to have music and lights okay. <laughs> and a sound system and and you know and, and, and a crowd. How many of you need that? No No you don't, right? Is that right? You don't? Yeah, you don't do you? So how come you need it when you don't want to have a chat with God? It's not where it's at. It's just not where it's at. It's just a talk. It's a conversation with God. So we get close to someone Who's got close to God? No, no, friends, <laughs> you can get close to God. <laughs> you don't need me to get close to God. We've got one mediator, mediator, through Jesus. He works for all of us, you know. And so often we've, we've worked through individuals, or worked through a church, or worked through a. Per- no, no, you personally can get close to God. You can get really, really close to God. Tell the person next to you, you can get so close to God. It's just, it's simple to do. <laughs> All right, I want everyone to stand. Because this is training today, all right? Training. Come on, campuses. I know some of you are not standing. I can see. You think I can't see? I can see through the camera. I've got that kind of supernatural vision. All right, so what I want you to do, I want you to close your eyes right now across campuses. This is really serious because this is powerful. Close your eyes. Now, I want you to imagine Jesus standing right in front of you, because he is. He is right in front of you. Now, here's a question. What do you want to say to him? What is the deepest thing in your heart right now that, as Jesus stands before you, you want to talk to him about? Maybe some questions you want to ask him something you don't understand, some pain you feel. What is it? I'm going to give you about one minute to talk to Jesus. If we've got a keyboard in the background, would be good if there's someone around. If not, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you one minute right now. Just the eyes closed. Come on. What are you going to tell Jesus? Amen. Grab a seat. Who enjoyed doing that? Just give me a wave if you enjoyed doing that. Look at all the hands go up. Sure the same on the campuses. I reckon God just loves it. When you talk to him, the deepest things that are in your heart are what's going on. and You know what? He's heard what you said. He really has heard. He's listened in. And just expect God to give you some answers or something to happen in the next few days. But that's all it is. So I just want a couple more thoughts before I wrap this up. And that is prayer and pain can prepare you for your appointment with destiny. Let's look at 1 Samuel. Look at Hannah in 1 Samuel 1, 2, 10, and 11. Hannah had no children she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you look on the affliction of your maidservant, remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, and I'll give him to the Lord all the days of his life. So here we go. Hannah is barren. Now you're talking about pain. She is in unbelievable pain pain because she's also being mocked by the other wife and all the rest of it and it was a real reproach in those days and um, so she's really struggling but often when life deals us a blow God is up to something special I think of my dad you know when he was given three weeks to live I was dealt a blow but God was up to something special because that, that whole thing changed my life in fact, it was an appointment with destiny because it released me into that faith for souls and people to be saved. No one was rich beyond the reach of the gospel. But it took that painful experience for me to, to actually get there. <clears throat> See, as Hannah is praying, watch this. God is purifying her prayers and her desires to align with destiny. So she starts off, all she's wanting is a son. God, give me a son. God, give me a son. God, give me a son. Nothing wrong with that prayer. But then it gets purified. She says, God, you know, if you give me my, a son, I will then surrender him to your purposes for the rest of his life. And that was going to be a great sacrifice because he'd be left at the temple. And so her, her, she's coming into a greater surrender of her life and the life of her son as she goes through this process of intense pain in her life. Now, watch this. At the same time that Hannah has a need for a son child, so does God. So what's happening in the nation of Israel is that it's fallen far from God. It's in a complete mess bit like New Zealand, possibly worse if that's possible. And also there was corrupt leadership. In the, in, in the church, if you like. So there was a, God had a need for godly leadership to be raised up. So Hannah has a need for a son. God has a need for a godly leader to be raised up. So through Hannah's, and we know the son is born, through Hannah's heartache and prayers, not only is her desire satisfied, But so is God's. Samuel is born. Hannah meets her appointment with destiny and becomes the mother of one of the greatest men of God throughout all scripture, who turns a nation back to God. God was indeed up to something very special in Hannah's prayers and in Hannah's pain. But here's my point. If Hannah had stopped praying, she would have missed her appointment with destiny. Friend, do not stop praying. Pray through the pain. Cry through the pain. Sob through the pain. Fall apart through the pain if you have to. But keep on praying. Because prayer and pain and destiny are so often connected Do you ever wonder why the greatest saints of the Bible, you can go through them one by one, most of them went through seasons of intense pain, suffering, and struggle? David, Moses, Abraham, Jeremiah, David, you know, Paul, Jesus, the apostles, Ezekiel, all, all of them. You just go through one after another, friends. I'm not saying that we all need to go through that, but if you are going through it, (laughs) you're in great company. But they came through the pain. And they impacted nations. We're a church after nations. We're a church after our nation. And I believe that God is working some incredible things in and through us right now. Right, My time is just about gone. So as I wrap this up, Let me just give you four hindrances to a strong prayer life. I'm not going to elaborate on them. Very straightforward. Number one, it's not a top priority. If it's not top priority, it's probably not going to get done. Number two, we're too busy. (laughs) If you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. They say that the first step with prayer is you just have to show up. (laughs) That's a good one, isn't it? First step of prayer, you just have to show up. Number three is distractions. And number four is there's no plan to pray. You know, if you were going to go for a holiday for four weeks, <laughs> you don't get up and say, all right, family, we're going on holiday today. Well, they're going to say, well, but nothing's ready, nothing's packed. We don't know where we're going. There's no destination. Absolutely. We can be like that with prayer. No plan, no place, no time, no procedure. Put a plan in place, simple plan of when you are going to pray. It's not, not complicated to do that. Just have a tell the person next to you, have a plan for prayer. Come on, yell it to them. Now tell the person on the other side, have a plan for prayer. You and the campuses, have a plan for prayer. Hey, look, forget everything else I said and just go with that, all right? Have a plan for prayer. As I wrap this up, the church as a house of prayer is its foundational identity. The church as a house of prayer is its foundational identity. If the church should be defined as by anything, it should be defined by prayer. Not by the music, not by the preaching, not by the building, not by the budget, not by the fellowship, not by the love. It should be defined by prayer because prayer puts power behind everything else that we do. You know, if we lose it here, we lose it everywhere. The church is losing it here and it is losing it pretty much everywhere. Sorry to say that. But the state of our nation is a reflection of the prayer meetings of churches across our nation. It's not a pretty picture, but we are going to change it. We are changing it. We are stepping up in this. We are going to move this thing forward. Church Unlimited is called to lead the way in prayer, to raise up a praying church, and ultimately to raise up a praying nation. You know, the world is upheld by the prayers of the church. The is, the world is a mess, but should the church stop praying, it would be a total catastrophic freefall of our world into the abyss. The greatest contribution you can make to the world, to the church, is prayer. The greatest contribution I believe any of us can make to the church of the world is prayer. Justin Welby said, without prayer, there will be no renewal of the church Without renewal of the church, there is very little hope for the world. I rest my case. Without a renewal of the church, without prayer, there'd be no renewal of the church. If there's no renewal of the church, there is very little hope for our world. Let's decide today, friends, that we are going to establish a church that prays, a praying church that will bring revival to the church and revival to the nation. We can do this. And friends, we will do this in Jesus' name. Amen.